Becker's Hospital Review is committed to delivering our audience safe access to vital educational opportunities. With this in mind, our 11th annual meeting will be in virtual format for the first time. Whether in the home or workplace, attendees will have access to sessions where industry leaders will be discussing the most pressing issues in healthcare, including the rise of virtual care, addressing clinician burnout, and delivering on-price transparency. To learn more, click on the conference tab at beckershospitalreview.com. This is Scott Becker, and I'm thrilled today to be joined by the brilliant Dr. Jay Bott. Jay and I are going to discuss the process of vaccines, what's going on in underserved communities, how quickly this is going to move along, and, and a lot more today. I'm going to give Dr. Bott a moment to introduce himself, and then we'll start talking about what's happening with vaccines and how quickly this is going to move. Dr. Bott, can you take a moment to introduce yourself? Sure. Thanks so much for having me, Scott. I really appreciate uh, this forum you've created with these podcasts, and I think uh, just incredible voices that uh, you've brought uh, to the forefront around some uh, important issues we're facing in healthcare today. And Happy New Year to you and your family and the team. Uh, I'm a primary care physician uh, working to take care of patients across the spectrum uh, on the south side of Chicago, uh, largely in an outpatient ambulatory setting uh, with uh, some hospital work and work in the nursing home long-term care space. Also help um, build a clinical care product for medical home network and more care, which is the Medicare Advantage Health Plan, uh, which serves uh, the vulnerable in Kirk County. So Medicaid patients, duals, and uh, Medicare eligible. And we're really uh, trying to transform care delivery uh, for the safety net and for vulnerable populations, uh, and that's exciting. And I've been grateful to work uh, this year uh, to bring credible, trusted, uh, scientific, evidence-based information to the public and lift up uh, critical stories uh, that we've seen play out uh, through the pandemic and try to keep the public uh, informed and help them make decisions that can help us get to a better place uh, as a country. And, and, and take a moment and tell us, in the inner city, what's going on with vaccines? Is it just not happening at all yet? Is there a sort of timeline for when you think that will get going? What are you hearing and seeing? Yeah, this is a, a really important issue. One, you know, I would say that this, it is just a marvel of science and a testament to those participating in clinical trials, the scientists, frontline care teams, uh, to be able to get the vaccination just ready to be deployed. Uh, this is unheard of. It's really uh, a momentous uh, uh, historic event, one that we should celebrate and honor. Uh, and that being said, now that we have this critically important tool in the mix to fight COVID-19, we've got to get it out. And, and vaccines don't save lives, vaccinations do. So we need to have efficient, uh, equitable deployment. Um, and so, one thing we're trying to do is get a massive vaccine program started and getting it off on the right foot into the populations that need it most, starting with health, frontline healthcare workers, uh, with those that are high risk now, uh, certainly in nursing homes, long-term care, and just in the public that are uh, with chronic conditions and are older. And I think uh, you know we uh, need to deploy faster at the rate uh, that we are doing it now and the administration has put forth, it would take uh, nearly 10 years to vaccinate towards 
what we consider are possible rates of herd immunity, 75 to 80% of the population. Uh, there's also a big issue around this trust uh, in communities that I take care of. 50% of my population doesn't want the flu vaccine. And even after discussion, I may move some of them, uh, but they're still substantial that won't get vaccinated. And this plays out in my conversations with them around COVID-19. Uh, but I think that uh, doubling down on addressing this mistrust, validating the concerns of issues raised by communities of color, and bringing individuals and their families through the process is really important. So I, I frame this in terms of being able to pursue their life goals in the context of their health goals. I just had an interaction this weekend with a 68-year-old black man who is a concierge at a, a, a residential building who wasn't going to get the vaccine. And after listening to him and then talking about the impact it has in his in himself, his family, uh, and helps him get to doing the things he wants to do, uh, he really came around. Uh, and I think it's going to take those one-on-one -on -one conversations by trusted voices in the community, including healthcare workers. This is our shot for a COVID vaccine. Uh, uh, for, this is our shot for a COVID-free world. And Dr. Brown, let me ask you this question. Right now, yes, there's concern, skepticism about getting vaccinated. But right now, that's not the showstopper at the moment. The showstopper is the piece at which vaccines are able to get out. Because there's, there's certainly, right now, even with the people that don't want to get vaccinated, there's 150 million people that want to get vaccinated, and we're only vaccinating 300,000 a day. How do we expedite, even when taking the doubters aside, how do we expedite getting people vaccinated that are ready to be vaccinated? Like, I know we've got relatives in Cook County. They can't get on a vaccine list yet, or if they're in smaller counties, they can. How do we start to expedite this generally? So for 300,000 a day, we've got to be at a million a day. How do we expedite this so that the process moves quicker? Yeah, so one, I think uh, we've got to have uh, a system uh, that works effectively, and that is different in certain communities based on what assets there may be in that community. Uh, now, states are driving some of the process, and then counties are driving the process. And so... I think it's going to require partnering with the private sector as well. We have CDS and Walgreens as partners, Walmart, uh, maybe another one. And you could think about you know, where do people uh, uh, live and how do they get uh, accessibility to this? You know, Houston, uh, just over the weekend, did a massive uh, public uh, clinic uh, organized for those that are high risk. And, and because of how they had initially uh, organized it, had challenges, but then pivoted quickly and, and worked to meet some of the demand. I think that specific handling requirements of the vaccine, hospitals that must stagger the injection based on uh, their shipment numbers, you know, holidays and and some of the the, the weather, you know, I think uh, has complicated some of this. But we've got to bring in those folks that are experts at logistics and uh, delivery. Right here in Chicago, uh, in uh, the Chicago. Uh, Department of Public Health, they've uh, implemented a digital system uh, that makes it easier to uh, be able to register a vaccine, get the vaccine, uh, and then have it uploaded in the system for uh, a search to know that you know, you've gotten it and you're ready for round two. Uh, I think it's, it's going to be an all-hands-on-deck approach. Local communities could use more help on public messaging tailored to their area, as well as details on what to expect you know, in the coming weeks. I think part of this is 
that there isn't a lot of information. People don't know where to go, where to find the information. Uh, and so we've got to use all the channels of communications we have, including the media, of which uh, you know I do uh, some work in to try to uh, help people through this process. And, and what do you see for 2021? What do you, I mean, typically with all these things, there's some ramp up. It's obviously harder in a large country than a small country. You know, we're 330 million people are close to it. When do you see us starting to get this? I mean, it's moved from 100,000 a day to 300,000 a day, but we've probably got to be at a million a day to really make a difference. When do you see us getting to that spot? Do you have a sense of that, Dr. Bonds? Yeah, so I think uh, one of the challenges is also a demand supply mismatch, right? We have two vaccines in play uh, in Q1 and Q2, other vaccines coming online, and particularly those that may be one-shot regimens and can be refrigerated. And so I think that by summer, you know, spring into summer, I think we'll see us getting closer to the kind of numbers uh, we want. We also have a a change in uh, administration and uh, uh, recently may have heard that uh, Dr. Bashar Shakir, who's the commissioner of Chicago Department of Public Health, uh, along with a number of others have been pulled together uh, for White House COVID-19 team, uh, including vaccine supply and testing. And so I think that uh, once uh, that happens, we may also see other uh, interventions to try to accelerate uh, vaccine deployment uh, as as well as um, trying to deploy other treatments and, and approaches to fighting the pandemic. So I think that uh, the challenge is going to continue to be getting the public on board uh, with uh, the vaccine you know, down the road. Uh, I think we're still you know, struggling with vaccine uh, hesitancy. And I think we've been... And, that, and that becomes... Yeah. That becomes a huge issue the more people understand this. Because if you're a vulnerable or elderly patient, you know the numbers show not the 95% effectiveness, but closer to the 85% effectiveness. And, and what that means is that you really, to be safe, you really need a lot of people around you vaccinated too. Because if you're, if you're, if you're yourself are only 80% effective, 85% effective or less, you need a lot of people around you that don't have the, the, the disease as well or the virus too, right? You're absolutely right, Scott. This is not just about protecting yourself and your loved ones, but it's also about helping protect others and drive down the community spread baseline. So the positivity rate is a reflection of how much virus there is in a community. Uh, And if we get that number down lower with the help of vaccinations, then that'll help everyone. It'll help us stay safe. It'll help us get back to schools and and, uh, education and our economy. And I think it has such an incredible uh, effect. And the other thing I think the public needs to to certainly understand is that uh, the vaccination, as far as we know, on Pfizer's case, and uh, there's some data suggesting uh, this on Moderna's case, is that it doesn't prevent you from transmitting virus. Uh, it, It helps keep your virus from escalating. So you don't get clinically significant disease or severe disease. Uh, that might put you in the hospital or have the viral load so high that it can become a problem. So it's it's really uh, criti- critically important that people continue to wear masks, continue to distance here in the months where it's cold, where people are inside, uh, where there might be uh, you know, people coming back from holiday travel, which you know I get really concerned about this month 
in particular because of uh, the environment and what we may be setting up for uh, increased community spread. You know, a hundred percent. Well, a lot of issues and in, 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 to get from point A to point B. What are you most focused on this year? Do you have a, a couple things your your biggest priorities this year, Doctor Bot? Yeah. So one, uh, you know, I'm continuing to uh, help drive uh, this issue of performing while transforming. I think that we really live in an era of persistent disruptions, and for some businesses. You know this environment, uh, or will feel like uh, an ongoing crisis, and and certainly is something we got to continue to push forward and tackle. Uh, but things have changed quickly over the course of 2020 in terms of innovation and our ability to solve problems and and address some of the the big issues, and yet also some of the issues in communities. And uh, so I think that. I'm focused on trying to drive forward better, smarter, safer care that's affordable and equitable and high quality for vulnerable populations. I mean, really focused on deploying uh, and implementing new care models that help uh, us do the right thing, organize care so that we do the right thing, we improve outcomes, save money, uh, and can be a model uh, for other places around the country. Uh, you know, working on transforming how community health centers operate and what their role is in value-based care. You know, really a hard look at reinventing primary care, behavioral health, uh, serious mental illness and, and uh, serious illness and palliative care. I think um, with a foundation around addressing social determinants of health, social needs and health equity, uh, I think um, it's going to be really exciting and, and connected with that is also trying to help move us past COVID and some, uh, the work that I do in, in the community in that regard, just taking care of patients, but also as we think about you know, the care we provide through the health plan and the Medicaid ACO, uh, as well as continuing to tell the, the story, uh, lift up messages, and use you know the media as a as a way to to share information that's credible and and help the public um, you know, do the right thing. Dr. Brad, I want to thank you for joining us again on the Vectors Healthcare Podcast. Always a great voice, and and always something I learn from talking to you in our audience. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's a, a real honor and appreciate it.